Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day and welcome to The Call on this Friday. 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Friday, May 20th. And uh, we're at the end of what has been another volatile week. Well, our two experts on the show today, Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners and Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena. Welcome to both of you, both in the studio. Okay, play nice. Play nice. Today, all right? No, no, no let's not. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, well, thought, I thought you just said idiots, but you obviously said it is. Well, that's your interpretation. Uh, you said experts, I think. Experts. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are you making in this market right now, Rudy? Uh, where are we at? I think we're in the bear market. And I think, I, I, um, I think the bear market started in January. We didn't even know it, hey? And it doesn't mean that uh, the scenario going forward has already been written. Um, but I think there should be a fundamental difference in, in, in investors' attitude. In that, in the bull market, it's all about taking risk. And, and the more risk you take, often, in, in, in a measured and in a considerable way, is usually translating into uh, uh, excessive returns or even very high returns, high performance, you name it. I mean, in the bear market, you have to be careful. You have to be careful not to be complacent. Uh, you have to be careful that you definitely uh, assess types of risk, and uh, and, the, and obviously the ultimate one. Uh, let's 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 throw Warren Buffett in here. Mm. Rule number one: Don't lose your capital. Rule number two: See rule number one. <laughs> Um, so the bear market is all about, I mean, you, your, your capability to sleep at night. Okay. So cash is king. Mm. Does that mean you go 100% in cash? No, because we don't know the outcome. Right? But what you do do, I think, is you don't try to be a hero. You don't try to pick bottoms. And you, at the very least, consider that this could be a, a very elongated, drawn-out process. All right. You say, yeah, don't pick a bottom, Adam. Obviously, that is a risk in the current market. What yep. are we looking for then? Do we still need some capitulation to say, okay, that's it? Definitely need capitulation. We haven't seen that yet. Let me just throw a couple of stats at you, which will sort of uh, give some more context about what Rudy's saying, because I agree with him. I think we are close to or in a bear market. NASDAQ is definitely in a bear market. Technically, a bear market is down 20%. NASDAQ's blown through that already. Uh, out of the last, since 1950, the last 15 tightening cycles that the Fed has done, 11 of those has ended in recession. And on average, in that recession, the market, the S&P 500, let's not worry about the Dow Jones, let's not worry about the, the S&P 500, has fallen on average by 26%. Now, year to date... Ooh, that's low average, actually. There you go. I'm, I'm being nice. Then, then that 26%, uh, year to date, the, uh, the S&P 500 is down 18.8%. Mm. 
okay? So we're already in a bear market, but we really don't know it. And technically, we're not there because it's not down 20%. 18. 18, 18.8. Mm. Yeah. Silly, silly rule, 20% is silly rule. Well, we have to have some yeah. kind of metrics and we need some line in the sand. So I'm agreeing with you. I think that, you know, we're there, but we don't realise we're there yeah. at the moment. Are we there near the bottom? Have we seen capitulation? No. Yep. No. We've seen capitulation in the tech stocks, but our market is only down 6.67% year to date, mm-hmm. and that's all because of the resources. Mm-hmm. And that's what's holding up our market. And now. is that going to continue to save us? Huh. Sasha? Mm. For the mm. moment, yeah. <laughs> Commodities are a hedge against uh, inflation or but a hedge. Against, but not against recession. That's against a recession. So um, is it going to save us? Well, it, yeah, potentially will for a little bit. Mm. But mm. this conflict continues. We see China continuing to slow down. That doesn't bode well for our resource business. In fact, it doesn't bode well for our market at all. But I think we're okay at the moment. But uh, just putting those facts around it, pretty much we are in a bear market already. All right. That would be my... D- does beg the question, though. Very, uh, very good to, yeah. to remember, these processes don't go in a straight line, right? Both, yeah. both Adam and I have gone through 2008. Yeah. And lots of rallies, lots of sell-offs, lots of rallies, lots of sell-offs. Ultimately, the index itself, which doesn't, doesn't tell the stories of all the individual companies, but the index itself was down 53% over a year and a half two year period yeah. uh, a year and a half is a very long time it <laughs> really it, drains <laughs> it really drains you right? yeah. and if, in particular if you're constantly trying to pick the bottom right? but having said so you don't know in advance that it's going to take a year and a half and that it's only going to stop when, when the teller says minus 53% so you have to find a balance between those two outcomes admittedly in 2020 Things looked really, really dire. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it was resolved before we all knew it. Mm. And the same arguments could have been made back then. So to find a balance in your portfolio between a quicker than expected outcome, like a 2020, or we can go back to 2008, yeah. which is which is a real possibility here. That's that's the considerations you have to have. All right. Well, let's consider how you guys are playing it right now, then. And Rudy, you pointed this, and this is. Yeah. Instead of our stock of the day, this is what we're going to do today, just as far as what you're looking at buying, or perhaps not. Yeah. And you I, are definitely I'm in on cash, cash at the moment. Yes, cash. And, I've, I've, and, uh, and I also think people should consider uh, uh, adding some gold, if they don't have it yet, as an insurance policy to your, to your portfolio. Physic, physical gold, or actually? Yes. No, so you're not interested in the miners? No, don't do the miners, because the market yeah. tanks, the miners will tank. Yep. Yeah? So you have to have gold outside non-correlated, right. uh, opposite uh, share price. But, but the bond market has to cooperate with that. Mm-hmm. If we do get a recession, the bond market will cooperate, system will, will sort of break down, gold will, gold will rally. Yep. But maybe we all hope that the gold will not perform, because that means the equities will perform. Mm. And that's your insurance policy. But see, I think the decisions you make now are related to the fact of how much cash you have. You don't have to be 100% in cash in this market. As I said, it's not a, it's not a full-on uh, straight process, mm. and we don't know the exact outcome. Um, so, but I think the main consideration here is you have cash. Mm. If that's 20%, 40%, 60%, I don't know how much, it, enough to make you sleep at night, and enough not to constantly look at your portfolio and go like, oh, I lost again mm. X amount of thousands, thousands of dollars, mm. and, and then sell at the bottom. 
Um, but th that's what I'm saying. You find a balance between the, the, the various scenarios. But what you do do, in my, in my view, is you don't try to be a hero unless you're very skilled at, at trading the momentum. Yeah? So, so just quickly, what, what's your level of cash then? Minus uh, between 25 and 30 now. Okay, all right. Um, and, and to be honest, in the past week, I thought like, mm, Maybe I, should have I, taken I more. sure would have uh, liked yeah. to have more. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. All right, so um, Adam, I know you got a bit of a different uh, take on this, yeah. but at the same time, you need cash because you are looking for some buying opportunities. Correct, correct. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of a shopping list that I've put, uh, that I've that I've got uh, that we run metrics over the the market. One of the metrics that we've run is um, trying to find some value stocks. So staying away from the tech, mm. staying away from that. We're trying to find some value stocks that have a P of under 10, uh, have a dividend yield of sort of 5%, 4 to 5%, and then have a PEG, which is a PE growth ratio of sort of under one. Anything above one is negative, anything under one is good. So we run these scans to try and find some of these companies that are potentially a little bit unloved, uh, potentially that are gonna pay some good dividends and weather the storm a little bit. So that's my view, sort of not staying fully invested, but at least having a shopping list ready to go so that we can uh, do some of those. All right, let's put that shopping list up there then. Oh yeah, great, yep. excellent. Okay, well, Elders, um, agricultural, mm -hmm. um, yep. Uh, South 32, obviously resource side of things. Goodman Group got beaten up the other day. James Hardy went for an upgrade the other day and I really like that. Tabcorp I like for the split. They're gonna do that lottery split in uh, about a week, week and a half time. So I think that's something that's really good. So. There's a bigger list. If anybody wants it, I can send. Oh, there we yep. go. We've got more. Yeah, it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wally's uh, defensive. Money Me is probably a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek one there, mm. but um, it's a wrong cycle, and we're going to talk about Plenty Group in a sec. Mm. Solpats is a very, very good business that hasn't had a dividend gone backwards in their 50 years of being listed or whatnot. And Len Lease, I'm just trying to pick the bottom somewhere there mm. as well. Right. So you're not necessarily buying all those right now, but you're looking some, yeah. It's a shopping okay. list, and you're watching them. Yeah, and there's yeah. some really good. I mean, Aristocrat is another one that should be in there, but that's really high growth. That got upgraded the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a list that I've got, mm. and I'm and I'm picking those off for people who want mm. some uh, good buy opportunities. All right. So they're the ones picked by you. Let's go to the ones picked by you then. And uh, our first five stocks: uh, Pacific Smiles, Blue Scope Steel, Plenty Group, Fortescue, and Dusk. Right. Let's get into it. The first one. Uh, is in fact uh, it is Pacific Smiles. Yeah, show us your pearlies. Okay. Yeah. Um, now Nina wanted to know about this. Uh, just um, its last results. In fact, that was talking about January, February. Uh, more than five percent lower. Uh, declines. It's saying because of COVID infections. Yeah, we saw a lot of that. People staying away from those salons, if you like, from Pacific Smiles. So Rudy. Mm -hmm. Does that bring a smile I'm, to your face I'm, at I'm all? I'm not smiling. No, it's not. not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in, in, uh, in taking lessons from, from the past. And I, I'm also, as people probably would know, who, who, who read me or view me or follow me on Twitter, is I'm, I'm, I'm very much um, into quality of companies. Um, and not necessarily just trying to pick a stock that is because it looks cheap, essentially. Mm. Um, we once upon a time had a company, 1300 Smiles on the stock exchange. Mm. Um, that was one of my favorites in the, in the, in the micro cap space. Because you have that, that sticky customer thing and, and, and it's dentist and service the dentist. So 
at face value you think that's that's a company to own. Now even and they were widely regarded as the best the best performer in that sector. Now even they had quite a number of times when it, it would be very frustrating to be a shareholder. It wasn't always working because there's obviously it doesn't it's not sufficient just to have sticky customers. Right? Mm. That, that's not how a business works. Now this one comes out of from memory out of uh, NIB I think. Mm -hmm and um, has all, always been touted as like, oh, but this one is good as well, all right? Uh, my experience is when people have to sell them as this one is also as the other one, usually it's not the case. I mean, domain holdings is not as good as REA Group, all right? That's a fact, I yeah. mean? Um, and there's, there's plenty of examples. ANZ is not the same as, 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 as Comeback. Mm. Um, Westpac is, is neither, by the way. Um, Pacific Smiles, no. It's not, a, it's not a great company. It rides the waves sometimes because it gets too cheap and then someone gets excited again. But if you take a long-term view, uh, it would have been very, very frustrating as a shareholder. And it hasn't been listed that long. I think from memory, maybe four or five years. And I'm pretty certain the share price is a lot lower than, than where it's uh, IPO'd. And that is probably, that's not long enough into history, but um, it's simply not a good company. There, we oh, go. there you go, it's lower. No, yep. Not much, but it is lower. Yeah. No, mm. I know it has been there in 2020, but that is more of the circumstances, I think, than, than anything about the company. I like a chart, if I look at a long-term chart, I like it to start at the very left at the bottom <laughs> and at the <laughs> very right at the don't top. Don't we already? Right? I mean, it's right? But <laughs> this tells you a lot. This tells you a lot yeah. about, about that company yeah. and, and how it performs. And, and, and the other thing is, as I said earlier, the bear market, you um, you acknowledge risk. Mm. Yes, cheap valuations uh, might help you for the time being, but small cap stocks higher risk than than uh, than than, than uh, top fifty stocks. Yeah. To catch up on uh, on Adam, I, mean, I happily own uh, Aristocrat Leisure here, which mm. I own. Top twenty stocks. Yeah. This one hardly makes it into the ASX 200. If it's in there, it's at the bottom somewhere, which yeah. means it's a small cap stock. Okay, so it's a big no from you then. <laughs> yeah. um, so Adam, I'm wondering if you can sort of almost classify this as discretionary, because you know, I guess yep. in hard times, people say, eh, I'll, I'm, you know, maybe I need a bit of work on the teeth, but I'll just delay that. Yeah. Uh, obviously also cosmetic as well. Yes. Uh, that's gonna suffer in, in times when discretionary is out of favor. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, we are coming into a tougher period of time, interest rates starting to rise, wages aren't growing as fast as inflation, mm. all of those kinds of things. So these these kind of businesses will struggle. And we and they did talk about inside of their um, results that a lot of people did cancel over COVID because you don't want somebody breathing over the top mm. of you and all those kinds of things. So I'm with Rudy, this is a no from me. Um, it's too illiquid as well as far as trading side of things, you can't really get set. Um, so yep, I'll just say no. All right, short and sweet then. Uh, that is a double no for Pacific Smiles. Uh, in fact, we have a frown rather than a smile on that one. Nice. Okay, let's move to Blue Scope Steel, something completely different. Uh, oh, yeah. Sobrata wanted to know about this a couple of months ago, saying I looked at most future earning stock in the ASX and I found Blue Scope, which was one of them, uh, which uh, earning will be double end for the year. For that reason, I began to buy Blue Scope mm -hmm. since March, and it went up. After that, I bought it. It will reach at least $25 by the next reporting season. But suddenly, it began declining. as the falling knife, and I uh, kept accumulating. But at this stage, I would like to get an opinion from you guys. What should I be doing? Accumulating, selling, holding? Adam. 
Okay, so Bluescope just the other day came out and upgraded their numbers. Yep. Um, I think they were around 1.2 to 1.3, and then they've I've lifted to 1.4 to 1.5. Uh, going forward, they did. He's forgetting the billion, billion, billions. Yes, 1.4 to 1.5 billion. Uh, so they lifted their EBIT guidance, and so that for me is a positive for something like this. However, the stock on the day went higher, but then got sold down, and it's really conundrum to, as to why BlueScope continues or we just can't get out of that 20 to 25 dollar range. It's been really, really stubborn in there going forward. They did say that North Star and their North American uh, coatings enjoyed good spreads um, and I do think that global steel prices will remain a theme or remain higher uh, going forward and as China re-energizes or re-emerges from their COVID lockdown uh, the risk is is that uh, oh, sorry the risk of the downside is less because they'll continue to start making some more steel and building some more bridges I'm going to say it's a buy I like blue scope down here I think it's a good quality business earnings upgrades or earnings momentum is moving in the right direction obviously have to take in consideration the Aussie dollar and a little bit there but I'm really comfortable with blue scope okay. all right Rudy okay um, I tend not to invest in, um, in, in in highly leveraged cyclicals which uh, this is um, but I can imagine that if I if I would do that I would have made the same mistake as and, and buying the stock in the expectation that it would go higher um, if you look at the data if you look at the margins, the industry dynamics, everything is lining up for a, a fantastic result at BlueScope and and, 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 and and the next year as well. Yet the share price is going the other way. I think it's down 16% or so yeah. for the year to date. Yeah. Uh, which, just from another element, which I think is quite funny because since the beginning of the year, there's so many people on Twitter trying to convince me that BlueScope is a better investment than CSL. And, and CSL is hand over fist performing the better one now. Um, the, reason, the reason for this is, and this is also what I mentioned earlier with, with, with the bear market. Uh, the bear market brings about different dynamics. And sometimes a company that uh, comes out with very good results only gets rewarded on the day and it gets like a very good example is Goodman Corp which is yeah. in, your, in your shopping list. Yep. They upgraded for the fourth time in a row their, their numbers share price goes down by 12% or something along those lines yep. of the next uh, week ahead. BlueScope had a similar experience. I'm very pleased that, that the aristocrats had a different experience. Correct. They went 10% the other way. And it's probably also because that's a, that's a, that's a recovery trade and, and, and BlueScope and Goodman Group are not necessarily recovery trades. So what I'm trying to say here is that they have the sentiment against them now because I believe that the market concerns are switching from high inflation, high bond yields, to there might be a recession coming. Mm. If that recession at some point announces itself, you have to question whether BlueScorp can still match up on those fantastic looking numbers that at the moment make it look like it's a great buy. And that's the big question mark. And it's the same question mark that will at some point will reflect itself in, in mining stocks and in, in energy stocks. I think investors in Australia are kidding themselves that if the US goes into a recession, potentially at some point, that we can just sit here, buy, relax and, and think like it's not happening with us. Mm. All right? um, very simply, in, in 2008, the last sector, the last shoe to drop was the mining sector. Mm. And up until that point, everyone was happily sitting in their BHPs and, I mean, at one point, 50 bucks, 
it went to 13. Yep. All right? Um, and that's what the recession does to share prices. Right. So don't be too complacent by the fact that the Australian market has outperformed because we had BHP at 11% of the index and Woodside, Santos, and et cetera. If the recession comes, it won't last. There's absolutely a given. So, um, having said so, it's not, that, it's not that easy to... You're sounding convinced that recession is coming. Um, I, I think we... Well, 11 times out of 15. Yeah. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> not the Australia, the I don't think, necessarily. Yeah. But maybe yeah. we have to seriously consider. Yeah. If we don't get a recession, we will get at least a recession scare. Hmm. Which, in the share market, may not make that much difference. Okay. All right. So, so I would say uh, be careful with, with blue scope. So if, it's a hold. If, well, I was going to say, if you're holding it, what do you do with it? Um, it as long as you're convinced that the that, uh, that, uh, recession is not coming, yeah. otherwise cash is a bad alternative. Mm. You're selling everything anyway. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I still own Aristocrat. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, plenty Group, Jesse wanted to know about. This is the fintech uh, lender uh, recently announcing... Uh, solid full-year results um, and went pos, uh, positive, cash positive uh, for NPAT for the first time. Growth strong in the automotive finance sector where it uh, moved into that sector most recently. Uh, Rudy, yeah. plenty. Let's, let's take a little bit of a different view. I've been warning people that the upcoming reporting season in the US and in Australia will be um, very important for the direction of markets, but, but, but probably also full of danger. Um, I think investors until recently were, were underestimating what high inflation actually means for companies. Companies like Plenty, um, apart from the fact that they obviously are in, 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 the, in the credit space, and uh, we are going through tougher times, they, they are facing rising costs. Yep. And that, that has been, the recent market update um, brought that to the fore, that uh, yes, they're doing well, and they're starting from a relatively low point, but rising costs are, are one of those big, big... Uh, I think, uh, even if you believe there's no recession coming, yeah, the big uh, danger, the threats that we are facing between now and August are profit warnings. Companies coming out and saying, oh, listen guys, those expectations of the market, we're not gonna meet them. Yeah? In some cases, like we, we saw, for example, very silly example, but very opposite, I think, Kogan sold down 80%, mm. comes out with a profit warning, down another, I don't know how much, I mean. Mm. Low share price doesn't protect against profit warnings, yeah? so you have to be careful. And now, the challenge is to try to pick those companies that guaranteed, like a Blue Scope, like an Aristocrat Leisure, will come out and go like, we will meet expectations and even do better. Mm. Right? With Plenty, I think they've only been listed for two years or so, I think. It's, it's a micro-cap, yeah, it's, sure. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's consumer space, it's, yep. it's Liquidity can be very low, and in particular, if, if we get a, a major liquidity withdrawal in markets uh, in that smaller space, there will be no 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 liquidity. Um, so I'll be very careful with with that particular part of the market. All right, so it's no. a no. it's a no. All right, Adam. So I'm going to be a little bit more positive, but not much. It's a hold from me on this one. The only reason is it's the wrong cycle to be investing in these consumer stocks. Yeah, the, the cycle is basically that um, if interest rates start to go higher, people with the wealth effect starts to really sort of bite, their house isn't worth as much, they pull back on discretionary spend, they don't buy that new car, 
all of those kinds of things and potentially having to having a personal loan or a loan where they're going to have to try and do this that's when it's going to really really bite for these guys so i just think you're in the wrong part of the cycle these are very very good businesses when when the cycle is in the right side of things for me it's a hold if you've got it um we've got a buy on it sure and partners but i'm going to say that it's a hold because of that uh consumer cycle that we're in at the moment okay all right, moving on, and we're just talking about commodities, how it uh, has sort of insulated Australia to some degree about what's going on globally at the moment in uh, equities. Let's move to one of the biggies, Fortescue. Tracing wanting to know, what do you guys think of the C-suite changes? Saying, seems a bit off to me. Well, of course, Andrew Forrest now going to be reappointed as the executive chair for Fortescue. He'll oversee iron ore business for an interim period to help that transition with current chief executive Elizabeth Gaines concluding her role in August, and of course he wants, he's driving it towards this net zero carbon uh, output. So, Adam, is that any sort of red flags there, that he's, he's back on board? Uh, well, uh, Forrest is Fortescue, and Fortescue is Forrest. Yeah. Yeah? So, and that's a little bit sort of tongue-in-cheek, because Nev Power, as well as Elizabeth Gaines, did a very, very good job at what they did. They, got, they extracted a lot of value for, for shareholders in their time or their tenure. But bringing, bringing him back now, um, I think the market will like that. He is obviously, um, you know, it, he took a bit of a hiatus. He um, went and um, got him his PhD in marine biology. Good on him. Dr. Forrest. Dr. Forrest. So Dr. Forrest should then being, uh, uh, was an executive chairman. So you could argue that he really didn't leave this position at all. He was always in the background pushing, mm. pulling the strings and doing what he needed to do. Now he's back out in front. I really like this whole... FFI business um, future whatever it's called future industries future industries yep. I think it's great I mean Fortescue is basically got he's a one trick pony so it sells iron ore to China mm. that's it so there is huge risk in that business albeit that they can make a ton of iron ore for under 20 bucks inclusive of dividend can sell it on the spot market at 100 $150 you do the math at 188 million tons a year that's a very very good business but um, so I think they need to diversify I think the market likes it I think he will be okay for me it's a hold with Fortescue. Um, it, it is going to be tough going forward, and I think uh, iron ore is still an okay place to be, but it's a hold for me at right. these levels. Ready? Yes, um, that's the feel good stock. Huh? When you're in mining, that is the feel good stock. I mean, a lot of mining companies are trying to, trying to greenwash their credentials. I mean, well, we, we supply battery materials and meanwhile just digging a hole in the ground. Yeah. Uh, this is the feel good stock in the mining space. I mean, this, this I mean, force really is believes in, in uh, electrification of economies and, 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 and going to renewables and, and et cetera. Mm. But having said so, I agree with uh, with Adam. It's at the end of the day, it's an iron ore stock, mm. and um, it's the same as for coal companies, iron ore companies, and, and a few other commodities. If you look at the numbers now, should purely compare spot prices with with forecasts and and, and what can, what can do to profits and cash flows, the numbers look phenomenal. Yeah? Like these guys are going to churn out dividends and half over the past two three years yeah. have churned out dividends like there's absolutely no tomorrow. Something to throw in here, which which I don't think many people are um, are aware of. This is in, in in nominal value, the number ten dividend payer in the world, including the Chinese share markets and mm. and, and the U.S. Yeah? Number one is BHP, by the way. Mm. <laughs> number three is Rio, and number seven is Vale. Yeah, four iron ore producers in the top ten in the top ten of global dividend payers. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. That shows you how, how, how the world has changed over the past three, four years. But it also makes you question, is this the peak or are we near the peak for that sector? Yep. And that's the risk you have to take into account here. And I would prefer to buy this stock if I would add it to my portfolio for, for the reasons that, that make it attractive. At, at, a, at a much lower level because I want more of a cushion here. Yeah. So I think this is a hold at best, but um, preferably I would, I, would, I would simply not own it here All right. because of the risks. Yep, okay, which you've just outlined. Good one. Okay, our fifth one, Dusk. Now we talk about uh, <laughs> consumer discretionary stocks. All right, Caleb, wanting to know about this. Uh, it is the uh, specialty retailer of home fragrance products. Uh, You'd be familiar with this, Andrew, wouldn't you? I defer to my wife on this one. Uh, sells candles, ultrasonic diffusers. How many of those in your home do you have? Uh, Reed diffusers, yeah, maybe. Uh, essential oils. All right, so it has come off around 32% since the beginning of the year. Uh, recently announced that it wasn't going ahead with its acquisition of Aroma. So, Rudy. Yes. Another way way of looking at this market is that there's a gang of bloodhounds just moving around in this market. And whenever they can see a little bit of blood, they just absolutely clobber the share price. Mm. I mean, good example, Aristocrat Leisure. I mean, raise money in uh, November. Yeah. Then they have to announce, oh, that acquisition in the UK, I'm sorry, we're not going to do it. The share price absolutely tanks. I mean, well, you think about this, it, like, it doesn't make that much sense. They have a lot of cash on the balance sheet. Right? Yeah. No, share price tank. So any sign of, of negative news, mm. and in particular in, in, a, in a micro cap stock like Dusk, well, there you go, 30% off the share price. Mm. We're talking risk earlier, that is your risk. Yeah. Having said so, I looked a little, I mean, it's also, it's a recently listed, it's not that long listed. I yeah, think, it's actually done pretty well. Yes, and if you, look at the, if you look at the financials, it actually is looking quite yeah. good on the financials. Though, yeah. right? But I have to say, um, it's a micro cap, it's not that well known. It yet has to prove to the world what it might do if, if times get tougher, consumer spending, etc., etc. Mm. And, and I think also, I mean, I follow, don't follow this talk on a daily basis, but I have a suspicion that um, if liquidity withdraws from the market, the, the overall trading volumes can, can probably dry up a little bit in this talk. Uh, those are all reasons why I would personally go there. Having said so, as I said earlier, there seems to be a big gap between the financials they, at this point in time, can show, can show the world and where the share price is. So it, it probably is cheap, <coughs> but uh, you probably have to be at the same respect. If my future vision is anywhere near correct, then you might have to be patient for a very long time. So I would say it's a hold at best and preferably uh, I would still prefer cash, but above this one. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Come on, Adam. You have a few of the products in your home. Oh, well, I certainly do. My yeah. wife is. Uh, yeah, diffusers. Every every room's got a diffuser. All right. But how many more can diffusers can you get? Um, I'm not too sure. But um, dust certainly is an interesting one. We, we've got a buy on it at Shores. I'm going to say it's a hold because I agree with Rudy. I agree with the where the just consumer discretionary cycle isn't at the moment. They've got 33 million in cash, uh, 19 million in inventory. This business is a very, very well-run business, but it will get caught up in this whole consumer discretionary uh, sell-off that we are starting to see. We saw a Target and um, uh, one of the other big box stores in the US just this week. 
getting Walmart getting hit pretty hard and then we've also seen Target as well as um, Kmart here in Australia um, potentially coming under some more pressure from supply chain issues and those kinds of things. I don't think these guys have too much of the issues as far as candles and diffusers but um, I would wait for this to get a little bit cheaper. If you hold it, I would hold it because I think it's a very good business. Mm -hmm. But I do think that this uh, could potentially go lower from here. So it's it's officially it's a hold from me. Okay, all right. It's probably fair to say they they get their materials from offshore. Yeah, China preferably. So there's, there's potential for. Uh, Disruption at the very least yeah. and cost increases. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's summarise where we've been there since the top of the show. When we, uh, well, we didn't have a stock of the day. It was really about what uh, what both Rudy and Adam are looking for at the moment. And Rudy is definitely in cash. He's upped his levels, and uh, well, that, that's going to serve him well, particularly uh, later on. And uh, well, likewise, uh, Adam has a bit of cash because he's got a shopping list. Uh, I'm not going to run through them all, but uh, there's quite a. I guess you'd check out. Uh, the show a bit later on to, well, there were about 10 there, weren't there? Yeah. So yeah, you're not short of options. No. All right. Our uh, first stock was uh, Pacific Smiles. No smiles from either of the guys. Uh, a no on both. Uh, Rudy essentially summing up saying not a great business and Adam saying too illiquid. Blue Scope still a very different one. Um, Adam encouraged by EBIT guidance, which was higher. He's got a buy on it, whereas Rudy has a sell on it saying, look, sentiment's going to fall against it. Uh, he perhaps would have bought earlier, but certainly not now. Plenty Group, uh, the uh, fintech lender there. Uh, a no from Rudy, uh, threat of profit warnings there, low liquidity. Uh, Adam uh, essentially pointing out it's the wrong cycle to be in at the moment, uh, but he does have a hold on it. Fortescue, we're talking about the change at the top there with um, Andrew Forrest. He's back. Uh, both have a hold on it, um, saying, well, you know, particularly pointing out the dividends there, you can't go past that. And Dusk, finally, a hold from Rudy at best, uh, both recognising it is going to suffer as far as, given it's a consumer discretionary stock is concerned. Adam's saying Shaw's has a buy on it, but he's more likely to have a hold on the stock. All right, let's uh, check the portfolio. We're tracking our own high conviction fund here, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that committee meeting is live for you to watch on ausbiz.com. Let's check in on its performance. Tabcorp, Domino's, Arden Leisure and Tyro recently added this month, shifting their original allocations and cash holding size. So far, the fund down 5.4% on a cumulative return basis since its inception at the beginning of March. So, Keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Okay, let's uh, move to the second half of the show. We're going to be looking at Reese, DGL Group, Arafura Resources, Sonic Healthcare, and Service Stream. Right, let's begin with Reese. Mark wanting to know, saying he wants to know the panel's view. Uh, and also on DGL, we'll get to that shortly, uh, saying, I feel like the market is undervaluing their potential network effects. Um, 
Rudy, let's begin then with Reese. It's all about plumbing. Um, good exposure in the States too, but you've got to consider where the housing market's going at this point. Yeah, that's, man, you said it. Okay, I'll add some more, but that's basically the long and the short of it. Absolutely. I mean, Reese used to be a, um, the quiet taste, very, very well run, family business listed, but almost no volume in the stock. And they made that transformative acquisition in the US. It now becomes a US story. Now, in the US, uh, what, we, what we haven't seen in Australia, unless you, t- you pay attention to the likes of um, uh, James Hardy, share prices, um, in the US, everything that's related to renovations, building, anything, mm-hmm. is, uh, is ba- basically minus 20% and more. In the US, investors are really worried what, what might happen with the housing market. That's the long and the short of, uh, of, of the Reese share price. It's now really tied in with the US, um, and, and that means you have to be comfortable now. Um, that that means that they will outperform negative sentiment now. That is probably a correct assessment, but in the same respect, whatever they have in the US is they acquired there. They haven't really have, had an ownership of, for too long. Um, I'd be more, I mean, given the context, or I'd be more, maybe in the bull market I could say you give them the, the benefit of the doubt, in, in the bear market I go, you, let's, not, let's not take on the extra risk that you don't know what's going to happen in the US, I would, at this point in time, I would steer away from it. Okay, that's a big no then for Reese. Adam? <coughs> yeah, I'm with Rudy on this one, it's a no from me as well. Um, the, basically they've come out um, with some positive numbers from the Aussie and US is, is, is slightly uh, slightly a little bit higher as well, but their margin declined by 60 basis points year on year, so that, that's not great at all. And in fact, increase, increased operating costs uh, is certainly been one of those ones. But again, it's all about wage inflation, it's all about um, the ability for them to hit those margins and those margins are getting squeezed at the moment. So Reese would be a no from me. Supply chains. Supply chains issue also. All right. Um, similarly, uh, Mark also wanting to know about DGL Group. It is the uh, diversified Very industrial diverse. group, what it's sort of manufacturing, warehousing. It's got its toe in a lot of different sectors, hasn't it? So does that actually benefit it, um, Adam? I don't really know a lot about this business, so I'm going to uh, say um, I don't know is is the answer. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know anything about it, so I'm just going to... Uh, well, what's that, that tell you about the business then, if you don't know much about well, it? Well, small. <laughs> there's there's 3,000 stocks on the stock exchange, so like <laughs> it's hard to give up with all of them. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, and I was given some time to have a look at this, but you know, anything that I did have a look was very, very old, mm. and I couldn't really find anything that made me feel... Um, excited about the business. The ag chem side of things looks all right. Um, they've done some acquisitions, um, but for me, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put my hand up and say I don't know about this business, so I'm gonna leave it alone. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the easiest observation there today. There you go, Rudy, it's all over bit, a little bit more than Adam. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, but point number one, it's a, it's, a, it's a really small company. Yep. Right? I mean, not small in terms of like, it's much, sm- it's much larger than my company, but, in terms of the stock exchange, it's a small cap, mm. right? Uh, it, it, I actually don't know when exactly it listed, but um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. 
it is very diversified, and because the fact that is that it's a small company, it has so many diverse operations, <clears throat> makes you realize they all are small in their own regard. Yeah? It's nice to have 12 things in, in, uh, that you can do, but... Mm. What's well, spreading if, itself too thin like that? If the top, well, it means that they're vulnerable. Mm. Vulnerable to bad news, vulnerable to anything else. I mean, some of their end market, some of their customers are very, very cyclical. We're talking uh, agriculture, we're talking uh, mining, um, we're talking infrastructure, um, which raises which raises risks. As I said earlier, um, everyone gets excited when, 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 for the time being, agricultural stocks are, uh, are are very much liked now. But agriculture tends to have a very very brief uh, cycle. So when that cycle turns, then that's probably bad news for them. Yeah. I mean, it really is that simple. So. And the fact that they are quite, quite, quite a small cap company, I wouldn't take on the risk in, the, in this environment. And, and again, these things don't go in straight lines. And I do know that uh, if you look at the share price, it probably looks quite attractive. But that's probably the market telling you that um, there was risk there. So no. So no. Okay, no. you're both ignoring it essentially. <laughs> no love for DGL. Okay, let's uh, try then the next one, which is Arafura Resources. Uh, and Ryan wanting to know about this one. Uh, could you please analyze it? I bought it at 21 cents, then again at 35. Then it recently pulled back. I'm hoping for a repeat one of 06 and 07 period when the current ESG momentum and further government carbon conscious investment coming into the space. I think it's a good alternative to the lithium space. It recently signed a memorandum of understanding with the South Korean uh, auto manufacturer Hyundai. It is in that rare earths space. Rudy, what are your thoughts on Arafura? Uh, I'm gonna put this very, um, no revenues, no profits. Uh, capital raisings, yes, they're signing contracts. Um, nothing's coming out of the ground yet. Um, this is highly speculative. I mean, if you if you wonder why the share price goes up, well, there's the next guy behind you who just bought more shares. Um, so it's very much linked in with uh, market sentiment. Um, for me, in a time when I when I'm preaching that people should should be more cognizant and mindful of risk, uh, for me, that's, this is way too speculative. Right. I'm assuming that that sharp run up in the price there was off the back of that MOU. I think the MOU has just come out the was other it, day. Was the yeah. So no, well, that's, that's, that's recent. Uh, that, that's probably simply uh, the, the sector itself. Get you see the same thing happening with with uranium. So the whole sector moves and then moves the other way and then moves up again. Mm. Right? Mm. It's, and, and it's the same with with lithium stocks. They all move in, in, in tandem basically. Mm. But well, it, seeing that today. Yeah. Well, there yes. you go. Yep. But they also move down in tandem in a different time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Adam, your thoughts then on Arafura? Yeah, so just looking at the chart, it looks like it's, it's not near all-time highs, but it's, it's definitely up there. Um, obviously, the offtake agreement, I think, is, is perfect, and it really does allow the business to uh, hang its hat on some revenue that's potentially going to come in the door. But as Rudy said, haven't really taken anything out of the ground just yet. So I think it was a, a really fantastic income uh, outcome for the business, and those kind of announcements just need to continue for the market to continue to keep buying it at these levels. So for me, uh, it would be a no. I prefer Linus in, in that space. I think that's a better one. Um, uh, as for a rare earth exposure with uh, you know, better quality producing, those kinds of things, uh, Linus would be my pick instead of staying in that small cap space. Well, okay, if you're liking Linus then, what, 
what are you thinking of that right now? And I guess more broadly in that in that sort of that space that is orientated towards uh, battery metals and so on. Well, certainly battery metals, uh, the use of batteries is, is going to increase and will increase over the next 10 to 20 to 30 years. It's going to be absolutely huge. Um, I'm always concerned about um, being the last person in. So, you, you know, there's lots of these businesses that are getting in there doing those kinds of things and saying that there's going to be huge demand. But this thing can get, turn over pretty quickly and the rest of the cycle can move in, in even though that there's fantastic thematics that sit behind it. Linus, the only reason why I like it is it's obviously the largest you know, business in the room. Um, it does produce um, rare earths and it's very difficult for a company to produce rare earths because there's outside of China, there's not that many companies that do actually produce rare earths. So um, I think Linus has got a, a, a nice stronghold in what they do and they've got a lot of uh, US government contracts, which I think you know, make it more attractive going forward. But when the music stops, all of these things are going to fall and I'd just be really, really cautious um, for lithium stocks, battery metal stocks, all of those ones, you just need to be a little bit careful because it won't be a matter about the demand. It won't matter how, how good the thematics are. Mm-hmm. It, it will basically be everybody's going to be running for the hills and everyone's going to get stamped out in the stampede as everyone starts to sell these things going forward. Just be cautious. So you're saying those stellar gains we've seen, particularly over the past year, that's gone. You're not no, going to see that again? I don't, well, I mean, not again. I don't think it will double up again. I don't think it will. Um, I don't think that they're gone. I just think you need to be pre- really selective in your investment choices. And you can't just throw a dart at the dartboard and pick any one of them. I think you need to be in the in the quality end of town, uh, a.k.a. Alchem, which is in that sort of battery metal space, which is the, uh, gal- um, the, uh, the merger between Galaxy and Oracobra. Mm. Those kinds of businesses there, that's mm. where you want to be you don't want to be in these smaller ones because they're the ones that are going to get hit the hardest so 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 producers certainly not explorers at the moment producers yes because then we can forecast if you produce x this is how much money you're going to make and that that you can hang a hat you can model it a lot of these ones haven't even produced anything so it's just all on exploration okay all right. Well, that was a long answer, effectively, to our fewer resources, which was a double no. I can sympathise with the view because actually you, you reduce your risk, essentially. You go for more quality and actually actual numbers yes. instead of speculation, sentiment. Okay. Well, let's um, switch then to healthcare. Sonic Healthcare. Owen wanted to know about it. It is the pathology business. Uh, it's got operations here, US, Europe. Uh, in fact, Germany is one of its biggest uh, generators of profit there, uh, and it's uh, heavily focused on radiology. Um, Adam? Yes. Sonic Healthcare? Yes. Yes? Yes. Is that a yes? That's a yes. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Go yes on this one. So um, taking a step back on a, on, a, on, a, on a broader market side of things, we've got Ramsey Healthcare that's been taken out. You've got CSL, which is a fantastic business, and we'll, we'll buy that all day long. And Sonic Healthcare is definitely in the top three there because now Ramsey's out. Uh, more money is going to flow into Sonic Healthcare. The stock has come back a bit. We'll see a chart in a second, but the stock has definitely come back, and I think that provides opportunity going forward. And we've seen the fall, and we've now seen that stabilisation or that base moving along there as well. 
Um, foreign exchange, obviously a bit of a, a, a headwind for it. Weather is going to be a near-term headwind for it, especially in New South Wales and Queensland. Um, that will be affected and that will slow down a lot of those major facilities collecting the blood and the pathology going forward. But I think this is a very well-run business, has some fantastic earnings and it's a yes from me. All right. Are you seeing, uh, what sort of potential does it have, OS at the moment, particularly um, obviously doing well in Europe? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Europe's going to be troubled with what's going on over there mm. for as far as that growth component of it. But th- it's not just Europe. This is a global business. So um, I, I'm really comfortable with all of their um, areas. They do have um, balance sheet to do some more mergers and acquisitions going forward. So that would provide a further boost to earnings growth. But really, and they're doing a $500 million share buyback at the moment as well. So they've got confidence in their share price where it is at the moment. So yeah, there's lots of things going forward. It's a buy. It's a buy. I, I haven't seen them just enthusiastic the whole, the whole day. There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, I get behind things that I like, yeah? Um, Come I'll, on, are we going to get I'll, one out of you? I'll, of course I'll, he's going to say buy. Of course I'll, he's going to say. I'll make it. I'll make it uh, if he's got a buy on CSL, he definitely where, has to have where a buy. I, where I differ in view, and plus also I have a little bit of explanation of, uh, by the way, this is an acquisition-driven acquisition business. I mean, I know it does, it does the network and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's actually Canada, US, um, uh, Europe, all, all acquired, Germany. Um, okay, where I differ with Adam is that this is not a top three locally. Uh, he's confidently uh, in, in ignoring Cochlear and Resmed, but I would say this is number five in the locally. And uh, admittedly, while I've always been focused on the, on the first four in the sector and Prometicus much smaller, this should be regarded as one of those staples in healthcare locally. It has done really well, in particular when it, when it acquires uh, more, more businesses internationally to add to its network, and that, that seems to work. The reason why the share price is down is because this was also one of the key beneficiaries of the pandemic. All the PCR tests we yep. were doing, they were going to Sonic. Now, they were also going to Helios, but again, Sonic is a much better business than, than, than is Helios. Um, this, I believe now, has confused the market. The market doesn't yet know what to make of it because you have to strip out the benefits from the PCR testing and then you have to estimate what the benefits will be of, of the reopening of their core businesses now that we, are, uh, we have moved out of lockdown. So that's why the share price is in the mid-30s. Um, I agree with, with Adam. It's a, it's, a, it's a great business. If you take a long-term view, you could... Possibly, just like you do with with a with a resume and a CSL, um, you can put this in your portfolio and, and keep it there. However, I would still prefer to have a little bit more of a of a cushion of safety here. So I would buy it on the next pull down, which can happen anytime. I mean, this market might have a rally now, but it might also might have another uh, period of uh, of turbulence. So I would just prefer to have a little bit more of a cushion of, of safety but otherwise if you own it here you can definitely you can definitely keep it for the long for the longer term because this as with all the exclamation marks that, that Adam has said to it um, I have to agree yeah. I agree on Sonic just not that uh, on, on the price I would like to have it cheaper 
Well, you'd like to have everything cheaper at the moment, and you're getting a sale, so come on. <laughs> so it's definitely a hold with potential of buying on the dip. Healthcare is nice and defensive as well, yeah? Well, so. healthcare, no, no, healthcare is not just that. Healthcare is by, with arm's length, the best performing sector in yeah. Australia over the long term. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mm. like arm's length. Mm. I mean, the returns out of healthcare locally. I mean, people always talk about the index. You call it, but you're missing the story. Yeah. Right? The index is where it is because we have healthcare, not because we have mining. At the time, now it is mining. Yeah, but not over two decades. But not over two decades. No, no, no. All right. All right. So that's well potentially a double buy then for Sonic, but uh, Rudy is looking for maybe just a bit cheaper. Okay. Finally, let's round it out with Service Stream. Uh, Courtney wanting to know about this. It does specialise in design, construction, operation and maintenance of assets across networks. For example, uh, recently been appointed as part of Regenerate Rail. That, now, that's a consortium to develop and maintain the Gary to Kaguru section. I'm not exactly sure where that is, uh, but it is part of the inland rail by the Australian Rail Track Corporation. So, uh, obviously, in infrastructure there... Rudy, uh, service stream, what are your thoughts? Um, they got a bit knock uh, because of the MBN. They once upon a time were mm. very much uh, tied in with the MBN. Yeah. And if you take a longer term view on the, on the, on the share price, you'll see that uh, <clears throat> it looks quite ugly. Um, my suspicion is that they have problems in, in, uh, in, in attracting enough skilled labor, keeping costs down, and, and, and there's a general derating of mining services and, and infrastructure service providers in the share market. Clearly, people are not trusting the margins and, and the cost containment. Uh, if not, uh, potentially some, some, uh, some projects that might be put on hold because costs are blowing out. I think that's all reflected in the share price. If you do own it or you buy it here, I, I think by default you have to take a longer term view and hopefully there's no profit warning coming between now and August. Uh, because I, I mean, in the share price, the way it looks, by default it will look cheap on the, on the metrics. Huh? Look yes. at that. Right? Mm. It's, uh, it's the cheapest it has been in many, many years. But I don't follow this company close enough to correctly assess where all the risks are situated, but that share price is telling me this is not without risk. All right, so you're no. avoiding it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Or you take a very long-term view because it does look cheap. Oh, okay, so yeah, you potentially... You could, have, you know, share prices, if, if, they, if they sort out their problems or the risk doesn't materialize or it gets dealt with at some point, at some point share prices will move higher, but... Yep. Uh, it, it, as with the example of Kogan I, I, uh, I mentioned earlier, it doesn't mean it can't go lower. Right? The, the, the standard joke I always tell to investors is, what's the share price that falls by 90%? That's one that falls by 80% and then halves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finance joke for there for you. Yeah, he's a glass half empty guy, isn't he? Well, at the moment he is. <laughs> I, ha I have seen him in a better, better mood, definitely, uh, from here. But, yep. So what do I think? Yep. Service stream, I reckon, is a hold as well. I don't think you need to be there okay. um, at all um, with this one. Uh, their telco revenue was up 11% over the last, last half. Um, utilities revenue was up 40% with some of those bigger contracts. And I think that's the saving grace for this business is that utility side of things. Transport was also up, contributed about $55 million to their EBITDA. But you can see their EBITDA margins or their revenue. So their revenue is very, very big. But then the profitability on this business is really thin. So the margins must be very, very thin. And if they slip up anywhere along the line, which they have with the NBN side of things and everything else going 
going forward. Um, I just think there's too much risk and you're probably best to be else somewhere. I mean, even a downer might look a little bit better as far as a better quality business um, for that infrastructure spend with more government contracts, I think would be a better place to be than something like Service Stream. All right, agree. Yeah, but you said that with gritted teeth, didn't you? Downer or yeah. a service? Downer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's uh, sum up where we've been for the second half of the show then. We began with recent is that plumbing supply heavily exposed in the US and that is a problem as Rudy sees it given the state of the US housing market. So a no, also a no from Adam there. GGL Group. Um, look, Adam, he's saying he simply doesn't know enough about it to have any recommendation on this um, and it's a no. Uh, from Rudy saying it's really small. Uh, so uh, that's essentially a, a double no there for DGL. Um, our fewer resources uh, has recently um, signed an offtake agreement with Hyundai, um, but Rudy's got a, a no on that, highly speculative. Um, Adam's saying no, he does, if you're in that space, prefers Linus. And uh, moving on, we uh, took a look at Sonic Healthcare. We like this one. Um, Adam has a buy on it, uh, particularly saying it's going to benefit because uh, the takeover of Ramsey, that means more cash into uh, Sonic and uh, really acknowledging it is acquisition-driven business. But, uh, yeah, he, does, he quite likes it, but he would like it a bit cheaper. He's getting greedy. Uh, he wants it on the next pullback. <laughs> and finally, their service stream. Uh, it is uh, pretty much an avoid. Maybe a long-term buy if you take a look at it, says Rudy. Uh, and Adam pointing out it does have thin margins. He has a hold on it. All right, that is our show for this Friday and for the week. Adam? Thanks for joining us from Shore and Any Anytime. Thank you. All right. And Rudy from FN Arena. You guys played nice. I'll, I'll, I'll summarise today. Computer says no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, any stocks, of course, you'd like us to cover, you can flick us an email to call at ausbiz.com.au. You can tweet us at ausbiztv. And a reminder, you can find those stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.